When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. And Dave uh, Wesley has uh, joined us as well. Dave, uh, Golden Oldie scrums being mooted, and uh, Dave Rennie uh, not particularly keen on those. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I agree with Dave Rennie. Of course, he's not going to be keen on it. It deflates the meaning and the strength of any side, and also, if you're a prop, it's kind of like, what am I there for? Just to look pretty? Yeah, well, that uh, in itself is uh, probably a rhetorical question, isn't it? Just to look pretty. Uh, but, you know, it, it does, Dave, though. Uh, I mean, they're pretty genuinely serious about this, New Zealand rugby and uh, Chris Lendrum, on the basis that uh, golden oldie scrums is better than no rugby at all. Uh, really? Yeah, but, Smithy, if, um, well, then you can't tackle anyone either. I mean, that's the whole thing. It is a contact sport. And uh, when you tackle someone, your face is brushing against them, your body's brushing against them. So there's a, you know, and people are going to get sweaty, particularly at this time of the year. Gee, if you played in Auckland, you'll just be an absolute sweat box. Not too sure about the weather in, uh, in uh, Queenstown, but I'm sure it's going to be quite warm. And that's what happens when you play in February, March. And, uh, you know, you, you're going to get sweat against you. So there is huge opportunities for anything that anybody's got to pass on. Yeah, it does. It just depowers the game from my perspective. Uh, and, and James, uh, you're a, a big fan of the 13-man code, so just they look to be getting closer together if that was the case. Yeah, scrums in, in rugby league are a bit of a nightmare anyway, so to kind of change it up, and it's such an integral part of, of the 15, um, 15-man code. So, yeah, I don't know. how. Where do you draw the line? Um, players will be doing everything they can to stay safe and um, yeah, it's better than no rugby at all but is, is that rugby if you don't have proper scrums and, and, and everything going and these, these players, that's what they train for, that's what they prepare for so yeah, I, I think just get on with it. James, the Dolphins are apparently are denying ever approaching Reese Walsh. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that denial? Yeah, I think this this story was always going to come up this year. The the Australian Golden Boy and Reese Walsh, and the, particularly the Queensland Golden Boy, offered the New Zealand Warriors. I think that will ruffle a few feathers in the in the Aussie media. Um, it was always going to come up. The Warriors will always now deny it, and, and the Dolphins have come out and said they're they're no they're not interested at the moment. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if he heads over uh, back to Queensland at some stage. That's where his family's from. Um, the Warriors, they'll want to hold on to him as long as they can because he, he's the real deal. But this this story will go on, I think, for as long as Reese is at the Warriors. 
anyone else uh, in the, the Warriors that you perceive may well be, could well be a, a target for the Dolphins? Yeah, probably Matt Lodge uh, at this stage. There's an obvious connection there. Peter O'Sullivan, the former Warriors recruitment manager, is now at the Dolphins. And um, there's a family relation there between the two. Matt Walsh is, Matt Lodge sorry, has had a, a tough time at the Warriors so far with a few suspensions, and, and he's ruffled his own feathers as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was on his way to the Dolphins, but the Dolphins, have, they've got to make moves. They've got to sign players and good players if they're going to come into the league next year and, and hit the ground running. So all power to them. Hopefully they don't poach too many Warriors players, it has to be said, but they, they've, got to, they've got to do their own thing as well. They've got, they've got their own game to play. Mm, interesting. Uh, Dave, uh, tennis, in tennis news, Juan uh, Martín Del Potro uh, has announced that uh, that's it for him. Your reflections on him as a tennis player? Well, loveliest guy you could meet as a tennis player. A big unit. I mean, a huge unit of a guy. I mean, uh, he was tall, about 6'6", six, six, but broad as well. His father played rugby for, I think it was Cordoba, or one of the big Argentine sides as a lock. So that sort of explains it a bit. He won the tournament here in Auckland in uh, 2009, beating uh, Sam Querrey in the final. That was a great final. And uh, then was just so courteous afterwards and came and sat down with all the kids and all the volunteers and actually ate dinner with them. Uh, he was just really lovely. Uh, and then he went on to win the US Open against Roger Federer when Federer had a pretty much a match point or should have won it. He was by two sets to one. And somehow Del Potro came back. He was one of these players that the big four or five really feared because when Del Potro got his uh, forehand going, he was just... It was almost unplayable, the, the power that he got behind it. So, yeah, a big loss. He's had, I think it was 14 different surgeries, at least over the last eight sure. years. Yeah. So, <laughs> All over his bo- body. So, you know, you can understand why. Yeah. The, the, body, the body simply gave up. So, um, yeah, I mean, where would, he, where would he rank in terms of that era then? You say just outside the top four? Yeah, yeah, just outside, you know, you, you've got obviously um, uh, Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, yeah, and Stan Varenka and uh, Andy Murray as the Grand Slam wins. And then you look for, say, the next best player. Uh, the next best player, well, he, he won one Grand Slam, should have possibly won more, but injuries curtailed that. I would put him in the next bracket of the next best guys. When are we uh, likely, and uh, the, the latest news, uh, likely to uh, see uh, Novak Djokovic back in action? It's- uh, is anyone going to readily accept them back on court and just say, look, uh, you're welcome here, buddy? Well, I mean, Dubai is where he's going to, and uh, Dubai, you know, they'll do anything that uh, brings in money or makes them feel better or makes their egos bigger and better, and that's the same with Doha. Uh, Indian Wells, though, the tournament that isn't quite a grand slam, but uh, almost is, and uh, that is coming up in March, and the entries are listed for that, and he is listed as the entries. However, the tournament has come out. It's Larry Ellison's tournament, uh, the billionaire who owns the tournament in Palm Springs in uh, California. And the tournament has come out and said, everyone, no matter who you are, coming through the gate, uh, whether you're a ball kid, whether you're a player, has to be vaccinated or have proof of vaccination. So we could be uh, up for it again as uh, it's a huge tournament. And if Djokovic doesn't play it and if Medvedev does well, uh, like making the final or does just well in the tournament, he will take over the number one ranking. So you can just think what's going on in the uh, Djokovic uh, home right now. How can I do this? How can I play this? Is there a loophole? Mm, interesting. Uh, I, I would imagine too, Dave, that uh, 
Um, he wouldn't be that welcome in the locker room. I mean, we haven't heard from too many fellow players to this point. They, they haven't had to get involved because the administrators have, have dealt with it. But I would imagine he's, he would be too welcome to sit alongside in a locker room. Yeah, that would be really interesting to be the fly on the wall there because, you know, some players may actually agree that they didn't. Well, in fact, there are players that agree that they didn't want to get vaccinated. Maybe they'd been one of them. But he said, well, I'll do it because... You know, it's part of my life. If I don't do it, well, then I don't have a life. I don't have a career. So, you know, those players have gone and done that. But just seeing them walk in, I wonder what that would be like. It's kind of fascinating mm. to, uh, to think, you know, how that could happen. Yeah, it would be, actually. Uh, stay with us, fellas. Uh, James Regan and Dave Worsley. Uh, other issues to talk about uh, after the news, but uh, here's Emma. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Ten thirty-two. Dave Worsley and James Regan are on the panel this morning, which is fantastic. And James, uh, I think there used to be a saying like "Go home uh, if you're angry. Go home and uh, kick the cat, take it out on the cat." But it's not the done thing uh, at all. As Kurt Zuma has found out, the West Ham defender uh, posted images of him doing just that. Lost his sponsor, lost uh, fined by the club, lost face, um, and. Uh, it's from the, the the file of the weird and not so wonderful this. This is crazy stuff. Yeah, it's pretty disgraceful and, and outrageous as well. I mean, I saw the video and then kind of wish I didn't because it was it was pretty horrific. And then the, he got condemned by the club and obviously the RSPCA over in the UK. And then he played uh, yesterday against Watford. He got picked in the side... Um, which was kind of a bit of a head-scratcher because, at the very least, just don't pick him to avoid, you know, some pretty negative headlines. And the headlines, they came. West Ham manager David Moyes came under quite a bit of fire and got asked some pretty tough questions about why he would pick um, Kurt Zuma, especially because it's still ongoing. Um, so, yeah, not a great look. He, he's lost his sponsors, as you said, and I definitely... this. Isn't the end of this? I think, from a West Ham point of view, they'll, they'll have some more questions to answer because to play him under the under the circumstances was was just bizarre and pretty disappointing as well. I must have expected that, Dave. Uh, you know, repercussions like that. Uh, I mean, the world is not a tolerant place these days. Yeah, expecting repercussions. Uh, I think it goes beyond that, Smithy. It's like just use common sense, for goodness' sake. Uh, and if you were the owner of the club and the board of the club, stop hiding, actually stand up, and uh, the CEO of the club should come forward. Yet he will be, no doubt, scared of the board because the board is all about making money for themselves and for any shareholders. And so then the CEO just looks at them and is scared. And then when you come to the coach, they're just doing what he thinks will try and win the, them a game, which in turn will make everybody else happy. But there's just one thing. They forgot about fans. They forgot about animals, for goodness sake, that can't talk. Just use some common sense and use a bit of maturity. Some of these players, I know they're not always young. I mean, they are young and they're not always that smart. Well, I think they need to actually instill the smarts into some of these players because what we've seen of late, uh, whether it's from Manchester United players, whether it's from West Ham players, or whether it's from the NRL coming up, don't forget the season's just about to start. You can expect on day one that there will be something stupid and something really immature and dumb done. Well, on a better footballing note, and it's uh, pretty close to home, as close as it can get at the moment, uh, it is the Phoenix, uh, who uh, look to be finding some form at uh, quite a crucial stage and some combinations, Dave. 
Well, that's right. I mean, this winning, um, what was that, not uh, last night, but the game before took them from, what was it, 11th or 12th up to 7th. Uh, the win last night over the victory hasn't necessarily improved their placing on the points table. But if they get another point or another win in their next game, well, gee, they'll just take them up almost to the top four, depending on all sorts of things there. So I think it just gives them confidence because, well, you can't call them the Wellington Phoenix now. You call them the Australian Phoenix. You can't call uh, the uh, New Zealand Warriors because we haven't seen them for a couple of years. So they're basically uh, just an Aussie team. Uh, The Breakers, well, they're pretty much the same thing as well. But, yeah, it's great to see the Phoenix fire. And I think more of a, a, a settled and I won't say it a regular program of games, but just playing some games and uh, getting players back and getting players fit. And also their uh, Mexican import seems to be actually adding a little bit of pace in there as well. Just a, gee, where'd this guy come from? He's just adding something more that we didn't have before. Reason for you uh, for optimism, James? Yeah, definitely. Basically, it's just nice to see them get on a bit of a run. They've definitely, like all those teams over there, been through the ringer. Um, over the past few weeks or, or even a couple of years now. So hopefully they can get there and build on this. And Tele is a really strong coach and he'll be demanding a lot from his players. So to be able to now get some results and hopefully get some points on the board, they are just outside the top six, which is where you obviously want to be. So, yeah, all, all power to them. And hopefully, you know, the Breakers can pick it up as well and the Warriors can start their season strong. And it'll just, you know, when these teams do get home it'll it'll invite crowds in as well because hopefully they'll be in the right positions but yeah great stuff for the phoenix and uh, almost time to jump on the bandwagon i reckon another couple of games <laughs> almost yeah almost speaking of uh, sport in australia uh james uh, a sanctioned cricket australia sanctioned that that uh, that documentary called the test uh, and, uh, you know, uh, rated through the, the roof, actually. Uh, but it's come back a wee bit to bite them because uh, there are rumours that uh, Justin Langer wasn't quite as happy as everyone else uh, about the fact that he was quite the focal point but didn't quite get fo- the focal money. And it may well have been uh, one of the reasons they started or, you know, really uh, ended up falling out in the dressing room. Now, of course, we all know what's unfolded. He is no longer part of the scene. Pat Cummins comes out yesterday. And uh, Pat's only been around five minutes as captain, but he's won a series 4-0, and he seems he can handle the media pretty well as, as, as well, and that's important over there. Yeah, he did everything right yesterday, didn't he? People came for him, ex-players. Mitchell Johnson had a huge go at him, um, and he kind of held, held his own. He, he laid off, laid, laid low for a few days, and then put that statement out yesterday, which, which just hit the nail on the head, and then he addressed media straight away afterwards answered all the questions perfectly. It was all about the team and what's best for the team. was hugely respectful to Justin Langer as well. So Pat Cummins is, is just earning so many uh, fans at the moment and, and deservedly so as well because everything that's been thrown at him, he, he's done really well. So so good on him. And, yeah, hopefully um, Justin Langer will land on his feet as well. There's rumours that he, he might be in for the England job as well, which would be a touch ironic. So, yeah, well done to Paddy Cummins as well. It's an interesting uh, scenario for me, uh, this, Dave. Um, I mean, you've you've dealt with a lot of um, press conferences. You've, uh, particularly in the tennis area, you've dealt with a lot of egos, etc. Um, but at this point, it doesn't appear that Pat Cummins has got too much ego. He's a hell of a fine bowler. Uh, it seems he's very, very popular with his teammates. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, he's proved very powerful because 
he and the players have won on the basis they just want a more pleasant coach. And that's, I think, pretty much comes out of it. They want a, a coach with a more pleasant and amiable disposition. Isn't that a bit of a change for Australian cricket? Because some of the coaches who have been there and some of the captains who have been there have just been so intense and so Mr Cricket, well, there you go, there's one, you know, so focused on cricket that it's just been the intensity on and off the field that perhaps they've forgotten that uh, some fans like cricket because it's a great game, not necessarily because some team members or coaches are complete wankers. I mean, if you look through the Australian team right now, how many of them would you suggest, without knowing them personally, are actually nice people? I mean, I've looked through that over the last 10 years, and I'm struggling to actually find a whole team over the last 10 years. Finally, we've got one guy who's come out and has actually used his brains and has actually thought, hey, there are women and children who watch this game. There are people of all sorts of ages and races who watch this game. Maybe we should consider them sometime. Hmm. So if I was writing that press release, I would have been proud to actually help him write that, um, you know, write what he said. I've written enough of those sort of things to help people try and get through difficult situations, whether it was working for rugby, whether it was working for different sports. And that one was a good one because mainly because you had a player, a person who's saying it, who actually believed it. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, he's believable. Um, and, yeah, you know, at the uh, but, uh, yeah, he is believable at the moment. Uh, but I think quite a few of them have been, I think. Um, you know, Ricky Ponting, uh, Michael Clark. Uh, Mark Taylor, all those guys, um, you know, at the start of their career, um, you know, they were given leeway, and uh, and for most of them, uh, they hung in there uh, and, and did a pretty good job. But every now and then, uh, the Tim Payne uh, issue has been an interesting one. I mean, they've had a hell of a, they've had a hell of a twelve months, uh, considering they've played a lot of cricket as well, Australia. But I, I think they've got more headlines for off than on the park, even though they've been so successful. Gents, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. James Regan, Dave Worsley. Thank you for the time uh, being on the panel and your contribution uh, to its content today. It is 10.41 here on SENZ. We shall have another panel uh, tomorrow morning.